today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. I want to bring on a geriatrics doctor uh, at Sinai Health, uh, and he's done so much uh, incredibly important messaging um, when it comes to LTCs, when it comes to what we need to be doing in this second wave. Dr. Nathan Stahl joins me on 900 CHML. Dr. Stahl, it's great for you to come on. I appreciate the time as always. Great. Thanks for having me. Give me your sense uh, as to whether the weekend, I know there were some some new numbers, and I saw that you retweeted them. There's some new optimistic numbers uh, about um, vaccines that have gone into people's arms. Uh, Samir Sinha tweeted it. Dr. Sinha says uh, we're almost at 42,000 vaccine doses, but we that's, that's about double where we were at the middle of last week. Lay out for our audience, it's still been an incredibly frustrating process not to be moving quicker, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm not sure how optimistic that is. We still have, you know, uh, we still have over 70% of vaccines that are still stuck in freezers. Um, so, yes, we've we've gotten in about 40,000 doses thus far, but look at our population of 15 million, right? We are, this is that's a rounding error on, in terms of our population and what we're going to need to make a difference. And the, the other concerning thing is, you know, you would have hoped that that 40,000 would get into the arms of the people who need it most, which are the long-term care and retirement home residents. And only a handful of homes have actually gotten vaccinated thus far. So um, really, the vaccines have not made a difference uh, thus far because of how slow and how little we have vaccinated our population. Do can it, it, do Canadians have a true understanding um, and, and have we not, Ontarians, I should say, have we not done sort of a pecking order properly? That's the one thing I bring up the UK earlier, and it feels like they know. Every doctor I speak to, every person on the ground uh, seems to know that it's all about the care home residents and the care home workers first, and then it's people over 80, and then it's frontline health care workers. Are, are, are we, do we have a set list, or are we just doing this seemingly at random in some cases? No, we have a set list that actually makes good sense. And this is not just something that Ontario has developed. The uh, There's Canadian guidance on this from NACI or the National Advisory Council on Immunization. And I, and I think we got this right in terms of prioritizing long-term care workers, long-term care home residents, uh, people who are receiving home care in the community and, and Indigenous communities. Those were the people who were uh, slated to receive the vaccine first. The problem is, has been the execution. You know, everyone was really worried that we didn't have enough supply and that Canada hadn't secured as much supply as other countries. Supply has actually not been our issue. Administration has been our issue. And so the, as you highlighted up front, the, the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine was, um, the plan was to use it in Ontario on long-term care home workers. Um, and not to move the product into long-term care homes, which I, I think was probably not the right thing to do. Um, many other jurisdictions did choose to move it into into homes um, and have vaccinated a lot of their population. So you look at Quebec, British Columbia, the state of California, the state of Ohio, the United Kingdom. There are tons of places, and Israel, of course, which has been leading the world in terms of vaccination. Yeah. They've all moved the Pfizer vaccine into homes. The plan was to use the Pfizer vaccine and keep it at the distribution centers and vaccinate the workers. The, the one other thing that was sort of forgotten in this is that the long-term care home workforce is, is a population that has a lot of skepticism towards this vaccine. And we've seen from other jurisdictions like the United States and even the state of Ohio that somewhere from 60 to 75 percent of workers are refusing the vaccine. So... You know, we've had this double whammy of not moving the product into homes and then trying to vaccinate uh, a workforce that is uh, hesitant about receiving this. So have you heard of personal have you heard of healthcare workers refusing the vaccine in in the GTA in Ontario? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm, you know, in, in the hospital, you know, you sort of overhear the chatter uh, at nursing stations and, you know, just in the hallways. And there's a lot of uh, skepticism about the vaccine. And in fact, you know, there's many healthcare workers that have told me that they have um, either refused uh, when when they've been called for the vaccine, or that they're very hesitant and may not accept when they get the call for the vaccine. They they want to sort of quote unquote wait and see and wait for other people to receive it. Does that make you um, how like what's the what's the word I'm disconsolate? <laughs> how do you describe your reaction when you hear the when you hear the anecdotes? You know, it's sort of like when people ask me, how do you how, how do you perceive or what's your reaction to what's going on in long term care? Uh, I'm distressed by it, but it's actually somewhat predictable. I mean, this is a, a workforce, you know, that that is, um, you know, that is 40 percent are, are visible minorities um, there. You know, the, the messaging we need to use is different than than might be used on, you know, uh, on on physicians or on on more upper class individuals there needs to be tailored messaging to gain the trust of this population and simply educating them about the vaccine using you know the the traditional means we might do so is not going to cut it and and i think that has actually been one of the other failings of our vaccine rollout is that we have not done as much i would argue to promote vaccine acceptance uh, amongst this population. So it's actually somewhat predictable. It's just we had assumed that if we just put vaccines into freezers and, and called people up, that they would accept them. I mean, another example of this is that long-term care home workers frequently work multiple jobs. Um, and there is currently yeah. no paid time for these individuals to go get the vaccine. So we're asking them to actually go, uh, in some instances, on their off days to, to travel downtown, uh, which may be unfamiliar to them. We're not giving them paid transportation and parking. And, and also, um, you know, people do have a sore arm after this. Some people do experience a reaction that, that makes them take time off work. We haven't guaranteed that they're going to have paid sick leave for that time. So there are real sort of missteps in terms of lack of efforts to promote acceptance, but also to guarantee the financial well-being of these individuals when they do receive the vaccine. I know I want to spend a few minutes on LTCs for sure, um, and, and we should, but I, I do want to follow up on this. By the way, Dr. Nathan Stahl joining us, 900 CHML. Um, I, I want to ask you about sort of that that sort of messaging and, and the advocacy. The reason I, I enjoy having, you know, doctors like yourself on, Dr. Bogosh, Dr. Warner, is I think uh, I, I think you're clear. I think you're concise and your messaging is on point and, and people have no reason not to trust you. I worry that our politicians and it's, it's, it's in some way it's no fault of their own and in some way it, it is but i don't know that we could get a campaign going with a christine elliott or a a, a a doug ford or a justin trudeau on television saying hey everybody get the vaccine because i think uh, you know there's this level of trust that I, I worry has i don't think it's irreparable but i do think there's a chasm now in in trust between politicians and it, again it's the sort of do as I say, not as I do thing. The vacation of Rod Phillips is a great example where people are like, I, I, I'm done. I don't feel like you have my best interests anymore, which is terrible that that would be the case for the vaccine because that's exactly in your best interest is to get it. Yeah, well, one of the, you know, one of the things that I think has not helped with the trust is that um, our case counts and deaths have escalated over the holiday period. And this is the time when we received the vaccines. And where have our politicians been? other than on vacation, right? We haven't seen actually any government officials really come out. Um, you know, if you look at our top officials in Ontario or even, even Trudeau, we haven't 
heard much from these individuals in, in a couple weeks now. So Rome is literally burning and our leaders have not been present and they're sort of waiting for, I guess, today, which is the official return to work for many individuals. So um, I, I don't think that has helped with trust either. I do think, um, you know, I think this is the best way, honestly, it's very simple to regain trust is to accelerate this process. But also, I think what has been really challenging over the last couple of weeks, because our, our leaders have been sort of on vacation, is there's been a lack of transparency about why is it so slow and what are we doing to accelerate it? And no one seems to be able to give a clear answer about that, which is the other thing that I don't think is contributing to, to a lot of trust amongst the population. No, it's a huge problem. Do you um so f- the the Moderna vaccine was earmarked for uh residents and staff at long-term care. Ha- has your uh push been that we shouldn't have just waited for the Moderna vaccine? I mentioned it gets approved on December 23rd. The the Pfizer vaccine should have been more utilized in long-term care homes through the middle of December and some of the terrible scenarios, horrific scenarios we're facing. There's one in Niagara Falls that has obviously uh, sprouted up over the weekend, not from nothing. Uh, and obviously the Scarborough tender care one. Should we have been getting the Pfizer vaccine into LTCs and not and not dawdling, if you will, until we got the Moderna out? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've had we've had 90,000 doses of Pfizer in a freezer in Ontario since December 21st. Uh, we used, you know, nearly now it's, it's over 20,000, but we've used a, still a fraction of it. Uh, and none of that has gone to long term care. You know, our first resident or the first individual vaccinated in our country is actually a long term care resident in Quebec. And they received the Pfizer vaccine. So this has been done since day one. And it's also being done in British Columbia. Um, so, you know, I. I I don't think, unfortunately, that it would have helped with the, the outbreaks, the deadly outbreaks at tender care um, and the one in Niagara Falls, because it does take two weeks um, to, to gain immunity. And these, pe- these unfortunate residents were probably already incubating the virus and it, it wouldn't have saved those lives. But if you, you know, if we had started rolling out the December 21st, you know, we're now, you know, we're now we're two weeks later sitting here talking on January 4th. The residents who received it then would, would start to have good immunity now. So if you look forward from the outbreaks that are going to happen today onward, these are the lives that were potentially, um, you know, prevent the, or the deaths, I should say, that were potentially preventable um, had we started vaccinating with Pfizer on December 21st. And then the Moderna vaccine. I mean, we started with a slow pilot project. Um, late last week, right? We need to be treating this like yeah. the emergency that it is and stop piloting and just blitz the homes, get the product out there and get needles into arms. Do you think the average Canadian uh, now thinks they'll get vaccinated later than maybe three weeks ago, that they're, they're sort of, you know, internal body clock forecast? I know I, I had in my mind, I'm like, I don't know, maybe by maybe by June 1st, a normal person like me in my mid 40s with no comorbidities, maybe I'd get it by June 1st. Do you worry that the, as we, everything we've talked about, the lack of getting it into LTCs, the rising numbers, the, the, the you know, the, the lack of urgency pushes everybody's clock back as to when they feel like they'd be they'd be safer? I think so. I mean, just, you know. Just before the before 2020 ended, General Hellier came out and said he, he hopes to vaccinate, I believe, 8.5 million people, so half our population by July. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people to vaccinate before that's achievable. I do think, though, once there is warmer weather um, and and once they do scale up sort of outdoor, you know, outdoor tents and the drive-throughs and some of the things we're seeing in places that are doing this really well, like like Israel and and 
we do have actually a, a greater supply. I do think the, the pace of vaccination will pick up. But, I, I, you know, I, I do think for many people who are lower on the priority list, meaning they're in better health and at lower risk of, of poor outcomes, you know, younger individuals who do not have chronic conditions and who do not have, you know, front-facing jobs, those people are probably looking sometime late into 2020 and, or 2021, excuse me, or, or maybe even 2022 yeah. um, at the current pace unless things really, really accelerate. I, I'm tight for time here, but I want to know, do you think we should vaccinate uh, teachers um, swiftly? Well, we should do LTCs first and, and cover the entire province of Ontario in every corner. Uh, but should we be doing teachers as well in the next month or so, given the, the possibility of asymptomatic spread among kids? Look, um, you know, the vaccine, the data we currently have shows that the vaccine prevents severe infection. We don't actually have data that it prevents transmission. We think it probably does, but we need to follow the data um, when we have a limited supply. And really, we need to be vaccinating up front the populations that are most likely to die. Um, and, and those are the long-term care residents, and those are the retirement home residents. Um, and, and that's why those populations should receive, and I don't think there's any disagreement about that, the first vaccine. You know, teachers and other people, grocery store workers and other people who have front-facing jobs, they will be in the next tier of prioritization. Um, it's just we need to get the vaccines into the people who are most likely to die first. And that's where the evidence uh, behind the vaccine is actually exists right now as well. Dr. Stahl, it's brilliant stuff as always. Thank you very much. Don't stop what you're doing. Keep uh, keep speaking up uh, and doing everything you're doing. It's it, it makes a massive, massive difference to an awful lot of people. And thanks for spending time with me today. Thanks for having me. You got it. Dr. Nathan Stahl uh, from Sinai Health. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.